And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, tpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there, episode 249. Uh, if you're watching the video, you may notice I look a lot better. Uh, guess why? I purchased a webcam from a gentleman on next door. <laughs> and, uh, and with it, he gave me a ring light, so I'm using that too. But everything looks better. Everything should sound exactly the same because <laughs> I already had the nice microphone in the, the Zoom. So uh, here we are recording better and just in time for me to have zero interviews for the rest of the year because it is the week of Christmas. Christmas is in five days uh, and and that's how we deal with that. Uh, let's see. Let's get on to uh, what, what did I do this weekend? I saw Avatar. It's the it's one of the few times in the past uh, couple of months, or well, let's just say it's one of the few times in the past, you know, since co since the uh, pandemic began, uh, that I rushed out to see a movie on day on the weekend it came out. I, I don't go I don't go a day with the exception of the Simpsons movie and Bob's Burgers the movie. Uh, everything else would be up in the air, and I'd rather wait. However. Uh, did, last year I saw, what was it? Spider-Man No Way Home. I saw that one the weekend it came out because I, uh, I, I think I just purchased Amazon, Amazon, AMC A-list and, uh, and, and I was going to go see a friend, uh, back in our suburb hometown where she currently lives and, and I refuse to live and, uh, and I drove back and. And uh, and I when I went up there, we saw we saw it in IMAX at the only IMAX theater I, I know of. Well, uh, no, I think there's one there's one more in the city, but uh, I choose not to go to that area <laughs> anyway. And boy, I got to look good. I look amazing. It's got this autofocus thing that that sometimes has a flicker. But other than that, <laughs> it looks fantastic. And and so I I decided to go to uh, to see Avatar: Way of Water. Uh, day two, they had an early morning movie at nine nine thirty. I think that's when I came. Yeah, nine thirty or ten o'clock, one of those. And uh, left at one thirty p.m. <laughs> I yeah, it's long, and it did. You know what I'll say? It did not feel long. I did not. There's not one point in the movie where I said, "Boy, this is going off for too long." Because sometimes you you'll watch you know the Irishman I I could sit there and go oh geez they could have cut this scene <laughs> but for Avatar I'm sure there's stuff that yeah I mean obviously if I go back and watch it again it could be cut but uh, I when I saw the original Avatar it was I was in high school and I saw it with a bunch of people and you know you when you're in high school you you go to see movies uh, and you're stupid and you don't know anything and. You just you base your opinions on how what your friends said and things like that. And, and I just thought oh, it's a dumb movie and it was only there for the looks. But, man, I kind of want to see where uh, James Cameron goes with this. If he if he has five planned, he said I, I read that he said, if people want six and seven, then I'll make it. I was like, no, just do the five and go away. Uh, but if he look, if he's got five planned, hey, more power to him. Uh, now speaking of Avatar, so we're gonna we're gonna scurry right into this, and I'll actually move some stories up. Uh, this was gonna be the main story for the episode, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, week one Avatar two sales were not as expected. 
This is from the Wall Street Journal, written by Robbie Whelan and Austin Ramsey. R-A-M-Z-Y. Interesting spelling. Disney, Disney's Avatar sequel opens with tickets sales shy of predictions. The haul is about, uh, domestically, is about 134, 134 million. And, uh, and then for China, the China numbers are down as well. This comes from Hollywood reporter Patrick Brzezinski, rather. China box office uh, Avatar 2 opens far below tracking at 57.1 million as COVID outbreak bites. And now we know we uh, that that China has been going through lockdowns for for the past unwanted lockdowns for the past a long time for, for basically since the pandemic started, and and but the the problem is that this movie was projected, and that's the thing with projections that that they could be wrong, but this movie was projected to make uh, one seventy five between 150 and 175 in North America, which is which is lofty to say the least, but it is one of the most expensive movies ever made, one of the most expensive franchises, one of uh, uh, one of the biggest directors in, in the world who's dedicated his entire life to making these movies now. <laughs> he said, no longer will I make any other movies of substance. And and now the the I think you know, given that I saw it this weekend and I knew what I was expecting from looking at it going in, uh, in terms of seeing the movie the way that James Cameron would want you to see it. Like when you when you watch a movie at home, if you have a if you have a, a, a new TV that came out recently within the last, let's say, six or seven or eight years, there is a thing called uh, motion interpolation, or uh, the, just—it's uh, a thing on your TV that makes that makes everything run at a high frame rate, whether it was shot like that or not, and it makes it look like it's uh, what the industry has called it—the soap opera effect—and not many, um, <clears throat> not many people like it. And that, in fact, not no, no one like. I, I mean, I don't think like if you if you have the TV, no one really likes it. If you have the purchase. Uh, if you if you per, like if like if you buy a nice TV and you know what you're doing, you set it up the correct way, then those people turn it off. Uh, but then, but the normal person, they probably still have it on. Like I know for a fact that um, I've set up two TVs for two different people within the last two years, and uh, and it was on, and they didn't notice. <laughs> and I have to, I have to be like, no, this is not good. Um, but going in, I knew that. I was going to go see Avatar in in 3D in a way I was going to just I'm like, hey, let me just sit, watch it the way that he wants us to watch it. But then I didn't know there was going to be high frame rate parts. And he's like, he, I think he's like the only director that likes it because I don't think, you know, Tom Cruise hates it. I think Seth Rogen hates it, uh, and the rest, and you know, Spielberg and and everybody else uh, has a, has a strong dislike of it. Uh, Peter Jackson, I believe, hates it as well. But James Cameron, for whatever reason thinks this helps his movie. And uh, I mean, to some point it did. It's a gorgeous movie and, you know, you watch on a big, you know, I saw it at AMC. So I, you watch on a big, what they now have is like laser. I think that's what they call it, laser, Dolby Cinema plus, well, it wasn't Dolby Cinema because I haven't even watched it in 3D. Uh, but you have it on the glasses and then at, at differing points of the movie, I would say like basically once a scene, it turns into high frame rate. And it is, it is, if you know you're watching high frame rate, then you'll, you'll be like, okay, this is high frame rate. But if, but otherwise 
the the lay the layperson probably wouldn't or definitely wouldn't. And watching it in in that way was, I mean, the, the point of this is the the they obviously got you know extra bucks from me because I watched it. Even if I watched it at nine thirty or ten o'clock in the morning, they still got that three D bump from me. The extra three bucks, you know, versus somebody who who went to a two D showing without high frame rate on a very crappy screen, which still there's an AMC near me at uh well not near me but in you know in Decatur that doesn't have Dolby Cinema doesn't have it has big three D not real three D but like big three D and uh, whatever I think that's what's called big three D. And, uh, and, and just regular 2d screens and, uh, and the tickets there were seven or $9 and why drive, you know, why would I drive 15 minutes when I could just hop on my bike and go, well, even though I did drive to three minutes to this one, but, but, uh, but go to my theater and, and watch it and, and, you know, spend that money and, and have a recliner and all that stuff. But I wish I really don't care about, but anyway, all that being said, that that definitely helped them in the short run, especially with this initial play. But uh, this is this is a huge return, especially uh, for Disney back to China for uh, for, you know, for them having to not having. But China, you know, wants to cut scenes out of strange worlds. I believe that's what it's called. They want to cut scenes out of their anim- of out of Disney's animated movies because it's got uh, uh, you know gay scenes in it, <laughs> or, or it's got a gay character in it, not gay scenes. <laughs> like <laughs> there's gay scenes in this Disney movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! And uh, but Chinese viewers have liked it. Chinese viewers enjoy the movie, and they I believe they enjoy the original Avatar as well. Uh, I could look up those numbers, but I refuse to. <laughs> uh, there wasn't there wasn't any testing, as, as uh, according to this Hollywood Report article. In the new absence of regular mass testing, the extent of China's outbreak has become a matter of guesswork. But anecdotal evidence, long hospital waits, blah blah blah, COVID stuff suggests a major spike is underway, which is what which is could be a reason as to why uh, people didn't show up for uh, the film in China. It uh it opened up to fifteen point eight million on seven hundred thirty five Chinese IMAX screens, a twenty seven percent share of the world uh, the film's weekend total. IMAX is uh, best indexing ever in the country. The original Avatar film opened in two thousand nine and uh and got about seven hundred uh, excuse me seventy seven million domestically. It went to become that uh, 2.9 billion juggernaut that is today. But that was 77 million week one. Now, the question is, I saw saw a little article, and I can't remember, I think it was um, The Wrap, but it's The Wrap Pro, and I can't link to that because it is a buy-in. Can, is it possible for Avatar to, like Top Gun Maverick, last six to seven to eight months inside the movie theater now maverick if you are uh, someone who collects uh blu-rays like myself i was gonna say dvds but come on it's blu-rays now baby blu-rays in 4k uh if you're someone who collects those things like myself then you'll know that top gun maverick uh or if you're somebody who subscribes to paramount plus you'll know top gun maverick took 
is coming to Paramount Plus December 23rd. Same day as uh, Strange Worlds is heading to Disney Plus. Uh, however, this is the first time it's available for streaming. Versus a month ago, I believe on Black, uh, a week before Black Friday, Maverick uh, launched digitally to buy for $20 or to, to rent for $20 and then eventually to buy for $20. And now you can just rent it for, I don't know, $8, $9, however much it is. And it took forever to come to Blu-ray, to DVD, which is the most frustrating thing in the world uh, to like to be like, I'm ready to buy this thing. And, you know, September rolls around and you're like, OK, when's, it's still in theaters, but when's it going to come? And then in August and October and then you hear, oh, it's going to come in to, to Blu-ray in November. You're like, oh, Jesus. But can it can Avatar 2 hold in a theater? Just like Maverick did. Now, I, this isn't the first time that movies have done this. You know, they you, before streaming platforms and before DVD sales really drove this stuff, movies used to stay in theaters for months. They used to be in theaters for so long. Like if, like if in if uh, uh uh what's what's a big movie? If the Batman came out in March, it would be in theaters well into summer, and then you know after that, in your local movie haunts but this is uh from rebecca rubin at variety avatar 2 needs to become a box office success success is two billion within reach and if you uh recall two billion is the number that they're targeting they need uh, uh james cameron specifically said that avatar needs to make two billion just to break even because it is so expensive you know i saw the uh i don't know if these are true but on wikipedia if you look at the avatar sequels it's still it says this one had a budget of 350 to 460 million but the next ones in the um franchise have lower budgets of 250 million now whether that's technology has gotten first of all though again those numbers could be completely false false but whether that's the uh, um, uh the initial like numbers or whether Disney's now that they own Fox assets, they're saying, uh, no, you're only going to get this much for the rest of the, for the rest of the series. Uh, I do. I, I, I think, you know, it is, it is possible to, to break even and, and, then and, 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 and then some, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It says 250, 250 for the next three. All right, well, good for them. I mean, maybe technology's gotten better, and 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 also they shot, I think, a third of three, or they shot three and a third of four, something like that. Uh, let's see, production development. Now it's actually covered the screenplay. Okay, where's production though? This is okay. Filming, Avatar four. Okay, blah blah blah. In early June, this is Avatar three on the Wikipedia. 95% September 2020 Cameron announced that 95% of Avatar 3 had been completed so they definitely shot a third of Avatar 4 after that I mean I think it's possible but there's only five movies in history according to uh, this variety piece that have even crossed that two billion dollar mark and Avatar uh, Avengers Endgame Titanic uh, The Force Awakens and Infinity War and if you look at Titanic Endgame I mean, if you look at all those movies, except for Avatar, though, and the, the first Avatar, those did not have to deal contend with the 3D aspect of it all. Like those earned those hard earned bucks. 
Now, globally, Way of Water grabbed about 435 million over the weekend, which is very good for even for like there, there are movies, you know, compare, take the budget out of it. There are movies that launched that came out this year, rather, that just didn't make anything. And they were and they were expected to, but they could blame their problems on the pandemic. Now that same issue is rearing its head with Avatar 2. And it is it's showing it's showing that not even the biggest movies are, are still expected to uh to take a hit. And then also, you know, take that in point with not just China having to go into lockdowns, but there's a triple demic, you know, there's RSV, the flu and the coronavirus. And if if uh if someone's child, if two if if a family is like, let's go see Avatar, and then someone's child comes down with RSV, you know, God forbid, <laughs> and then and then someone then someone else comes down with the flu, then they can't they can't go see this movie. Titanic debuted with 28 million in 1997, which is giant, I guess, for the time. Was Titanic that like that? Because I, I I was a I was alive, but I was a child, so I, I didn't even clock Titanic. It's probably more paying attention to Pokemon. Speaking of which, Ash Ketchum leaving Pokemon. Well, he's not leaving. I mean, they're getting rid of him. He's a cartoon. He can't can't leave Pokemon. It's crazy. Tw- like twenty six years of cartoons and uh, with that guy, and, he, and he's leaving. Man, I'm a little sad. But I don't write the show, so that's what happens. <laughs> I uh, the the what happens after the fact, what happens in the next couple of weeks is going to be determining of uh, what what I don't you know I don't think Disney of, of of how much they will gross. I don't think Disney will. Um, the marketing campaign has just been insane. You know, I did I even I did not see. You know what I will say this. I watch a lot of late night, and I don't remember seeing any of the actors uh do do the rounds and if they did then i'm you know i did i did see sigourney reaver i think she was on kimmel uh but other than that i didn't see like sam worthington i didn't see zoe saldana i didn't see cliff harris is that his name i was just looking at the the names i didn't see cch pounder even though she was barely in the movie spoiler alert anyway i i enjoyed my time with it I fully accept, like I I watched the first one on Friday, uh, and again, and I and I was sitting there thinking, God, this this is better than what I remember. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> and then and then uh, and I go see the second movie in the morning. And I'm like, wow, this is this is better than I thought. I snuck in a I snuck in a bagel sandwich, a breakfast bagel. Oh man, it was amazing. And a and a coffee, and a nitro coffee. And I was I was humming through that movie. That's probably why I didn't feel anything. I was just sitting, I'm just sitting there watching the movie, just shaking my entire body. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know what? It wasn't full. Thank goodness. I got I was able to sit. I like to sit up front. I like to sit on the third row. Uh, because that's not where people like to sit. Like to sit on the third row, like still in the edge seat. I need an edge seat. Uh, and, and, uh, and I don't think anyone talked, but because that's one, that's another thing I hate. I don't want to see cell phone usage and I want to see someone talking or hear someone talk. 
And I don't want to hear clapping. I don't want to hear anybody hooting and hollering. <laughs> you, treat it, you sit there, you treat it like white church. <laughs> Movie theaters are white church. Okay. That's the, uh, that's the title of this episode. Hey, this next one comes from Wall Street Journal written by Miles Kruppa. YouTube stars cash in video rights for millions of dollars. Now, the idea of this is you're YouTube, you're a YouTube person and uh, your current output. I mean, not even it's not even lacking or anything, but you have you've already uh, put ads on your videos and those back. The back catalog is not doing well. Let's look at Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast has, let's say, let's say uh, 150 videos and the most recent videos, the, the the most recent 20 are the ones that are performing well because those are the ones you put out in the last, you know, two years. Uh, let's, or yeah, yeah, two years. And then the first 50 aren't, you know, they're getting, they're getting ad uh, revenue from the newer people watching or from older people watching, but they're not getting as much as they should. What if a firm came up to you and said, we want to purchase the ad rights to your videos uh, we'll give you X amount of money. Well, that's what happened with uh, a startup that approached Justin Watkins, who goes under the name Think Noodles, and uh, they purchased the f- the rights, the film rights, the rights to uh, uh, um, uh, his old videos. Now, Spotter Inc. and Kelly Network Inc., which does business as Jelly Smack, are flooding the personalities beyond uh, behind top YouTube channels with offers to license their old videos, pitching the deals as timely infusions that can help them expand their businesses. Spotter said it had spent $740 million on content licensing agreements since 2019 after announcing earlier this year that it planned on to invest $1 billion dollars uh, by the middle of 2023, Jelly Smack has put aside 500 million for similar deals. Does this sound like an enticing move for somebody whose videos, who has a lot of videos, who has ad uh, revenue on those videos, but is not making the return dough? Uh, I don't, I you know, and and I think we are now in a period, you know, uh, Springsteen, who was it? Um, Stevie Nicks, Bob Dylan, they all, and uh, like every, and a bunch of other people, Imagine Dragons, <laughs> Imagine Dragons, Dragons, if you can believe it, sold their rights to their, to their back catalogs, you know, for a, for a certain amount of money. I think Imagine Dragons, in fact, got 150 to 200 million, something like that. And Springsteen got half a billion, I think. Um, and it's, I mean, it essentially it is, you know, you can have, I think if, uh, in particular Springsteen, his stipulations where you can't use his, uh, music for commercials, particularly, uh, political ads. I remember that distinctly and, uh, and, and stuff like that, but you can use his music however you see fit. So, so, so a company could, you know, the company that bought it could have, could sell the rights to, uh, uh, know, dancing in the dark to a new Footloose movie. Anyway, Jelly Smack offered uh, Mr. Watkins $2.1 million for his YouTube back catalog's earnings during the next five years. Now, you have to see if you, you, you're really going to bet on yourself. And I mean, that sounds like a, a cliche, but you're really betting to see that are you going to be able to make that kind of money? You know, are you going to be able to make $2 million from your ad revenue for the next five years. And if you see, what, what is it? What, what, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for where 
you have to weigh your options. I don't know. Anyway, you have to determine the losses that you'll take by just taking this lump sum of $2 million up front. Uh, asking Spider for a competing offer. Wait, okay. Mr. Watkins said Julius Smack's proposal allowed it to seek recourse if he failed to create an average of 41 videos a month, a rate that the company calculated based on his uploading history. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. After spotting spot after asking Spotter for a competing offer, the company returned with a $1 million deal that also required Mr. Watkins to regularly upload videos. Mr. Watkins declined Spotter's proposal and Jelly Smack retracted its offer after his channel briefly lost access to ad revenues because of a mix-up with YouTube's monetization system. And that's another thing. Before even the deal closes, YouTube has is consistently having problems. People are consistently having issues with YouTube's revenue system because uh, a video that the AI, the YouTube's AI says a video uh, was, you know, said something negative or has misinformation or something. And then that person can lose not only that revenue for that particular video and maybe even stuff behind it, but or that was uploaded before it. But then they could also lose the whatever deals they have coming through or or whatever's coming next. And I, it's just it's a it's a game of you have to play truly of uh, of trusting yourself and seeing what you can do and even if you're going to be around for the next five years on YouTube because this is it's still it's still an unsure thing. I mean, obviously you can make a living, but not everybody is going to be Mr. Beast or Good Mythical Morning or the rest of the people that <laughs> whose names I don't know or care for. Jelly Smack offered one YouTube creator a cash equal to 80% of the expected value of their back catalog over the next five years, citing an algorithm and other data points according to a marketing presentation reviewed by WSJ. A separate spider presentation pitching a five-year deal didn't provide an estimate of the same creator's catalog value. The presentation said Spotter used a, quote, predictive engine to calculate uh, its offer. And these and 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 one thing to note is that these are all startups. So these companies aren't even established. But you can see your value. I mean, even even taking the meeting would be nice because you could see your value, uh, or or rather what those outside companies value you at. Hey, let's move on. This next one comes from the New York Times, written by Natasha Singer. Epic Games to pay $520 million over children's privacy and trickery charges. Now, if you know, Epic Games has been in the news for the past couple of years for accusing companies like Apple and then to some extent uh, uh, Google and, and others for creating closed ecosystems when it comes to putting outside apps onto their uh, their storefronts. Uh, so much so that Epic has moved, I think, I don't think Fortnite is available on Android anymore, but it's definitely not on Apple. And you have to download it directly from their site if you want to play on mobile, whatever, what have you. Now, that's a totally separate charge or idea or topic. <laughs> Epic Games is uh, now having, as as said by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, they've reached a settlement of $520 million uh, to overcharges that the company illegally collected information from children and, quote, separately tricked millions of players into making unintentional purchases. Don't know why I said, quote. Uh, Epic Games creates Fortnite as well as Fall Guys. 
the deal involves record penalty amounts in two separate cases. Now, the thing the thing is, it's um, uh, the, what 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 it's what it was saying is that Epic Games is making it too easy for children to purchase things, um, especially things that don't matter in the game, like emotes or dances for Fortnite and uh, costumes for Fortnite and Fall Guys, and they just made it so easy. And uh, you've heard the story. Kids will, you know, be on their mom or dad or uh, whomever's phone or iPad, and then they'll just buy, you know, a, a five or ten dollar shirt that's for their in-game avatar, and that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Epic agreed to pay two hundred and seventy-five million dollars to settle regulators' accusations that it violated a federal law, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Uh, that's 275. Now, the amount dwarfs the 170 uh, penalty, the previous record for child privacy violations, that Google agreed to pay in 2019 over accusations. All the, every single Google home in here. <laughs> Thank you. That it illegally harvested data from children <laughs> on YouTube and used it to target them with ads. It's, it's, this is, now, there, now, Epic's not the only company doing it, but this does set a precedent for what is what can happen and what is to come. I mean, it's kind of like the the opioid payouts, the settlements, um, the um, uh, between Walgreens and CVS, even though those are and Johnson and Johnson and the rest of them, uh, even though those are a little bit smaller than what they should be, uh, they should be more billions of dollars. But uh, and the same thing for Alex Jones, like. It, it may sound like a lot and uh, a lot of time for Epic. It, it is for uh, Alex Jones. It is not because he was uh, a big fat red turd that was, you know, spreading misinformation and hate and stuff. Um, and again, misinformation is my, um, my favorite rapper from the late 90s, 2000, female rapper from the late 90s, early 2000s. I couldn't even get it out. That's how bad it was. But this is this is definitely going to set uh, what should happen um, going into the future. Uh, I might have to move two other stories down so I can have something to do <laughs> later this week. <laughs> oh my god, is that bad? No, it's not. Hey. Listen, if you like what you heard here, and if you want to see a video version of the show, now in HD, now in true HD, looking good with the lighting and everything, head to youtube.com slash C plus comedy. Also there, you can find News Time, which is our premiere show. Uh, I have three episodes to upload this week. And let me see what they are. One is going to be an amalgamation of two things. And then another one is going to be a news episode, which is the big one I usually do at the end of the year. And then, uh, oh, the last one is a very special episode. <laughs> An idea that I had <laughs> that I thought was so funny. All right, we'll do that. And uh, yeah, that's it. YouTube.com slash C plus comedy. See the video stuff. You can also watch video versions of interviews under the interviews youtube.com slash c plus comedy so you got a video version of this podcast you got news time which is our premiere show which is like the daily show except way less funny oh, i forgot to talk about uh trevor noah i'll do that and then you got um 
the interviews, which is video versions of my interviews with famous people. The most recent, Megan Amram and Adam Devine. Megan Amram is a very funny writer. Uh, I know her mostly from The Simpsons because I love The Simpsons, also The Good Place and things of that nature. And then there's Adam Devine, who's from Workaholics, Game Over Man. Uh, I'll only name the Workaholics things that he's done. <laughs> Workaholics, Game Over Man, the Workaholics movie. Um, uh, you know, he's and he's you know Adam Devine. He's done everything. Uh, and and we talked about Bumper in Berlin over on Peacock. So definitely check out that interview. Those interviews, rather, very they're very very good. Um, if you want to. Uh, head to the website cpluscomedy.com you can where you where, I, where everything lives <laughs> uh what else what else um oh yeah <laughs> twitter instagram facebook tiktok at cpluscomedy twitter instagram facebook tiktok yep uh me at chad black white rate review subscribe to this show tell your friends about it it's great i enjoy doing it and now it looks now it looks even better Yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, be on the lookout. There's a new show coming in the new year, and it's going to be a, a, a podcast series. Thank goodness. All right. I'm going to go. Bye-bye.